Welcome everyone to another episode of the Adeptus Ridiculous. My name is DK, and through the Adeptus Ridiculous, I have slowly been learning more and more, and I think I can safely say I know a little bit about Warhammer 40k now, thanks to Bricky, who has been sort of guiding us through the twists and turns of all the ridiculousness of Warhammer. But before we get into today's episode, if you enjoy the podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash adeptusridiculous, where you can get tons of benefits for joining the Patreon or supporting the podcast, be it uh, HD posters that are very nice. Uh, You get access to all of them. (laughs) You get access to all of them, not just this week's, not just last week's, but all of them, Uh, and outtakes and blooper reels and stuff like that. So, if you enjoy the podcast, patreon.com slash ridiculous. Also, Bricky, before I throw it over to you, do you realize that we are less than $5 away from hitting the $9,000 goal and you having to do an Alpha Legion episode? Fuck. (laughs) I was hoping for that kind of reaction. So, you know. I'm just I'm just letting you know you got to prepare for an Alpha Legion episode because it is 100% going to happen. Okay, I'm going to get ready. <laughs> Good luck. You want to tell Thanks, everybody buddy. about uh, about the about the book club and the merch now now that I've dropped that bombshell on you? Yeah, uh book club. The book for the next month, early July, will be Gaunt's Ghost, the first installment, the first and only. You do not need to read all nine, just the first book. It's Gaunt's Ghost. It's amazing. Definitely read it. The new minis are actually on pre-order right now if you want to grab them as well. The rules actually look pretty good, unlike most of Guard. And, (laughs) yeah, I know, it hurts. Yikes. And also, if you want to check out any merchandise, Orchidate.com, or check out the link in the description. We've got shirts, hoodies, and Doge Vandire stickers. Today, we're doing uh, a wonderful World Eaters episode, but I want to preface this by saying we're doing it a little different. So, for a while, we've done a Legion slash chapter episode, and it's mainly been about the Primarch, because that's kind of the way the chapter goes. Yeah. But instead, those generally end up being like an hour and a half really long. So, what we're going to do instead is today, we're going to talk about the World Eaters and Angron, and then... We'll talk, we'll do this, this one's on Angron. Today, this week, Angron. And then next week, will be on World Eaters. I'll have some additional stuff, we'll talk more about some of the World Eaters characters, what they're up to nowadays, a little bit more about their traditions, that kind of stuff. And we might actually, like, retroactively do some more on the prior legions. Perhaps we'll talk a little bit more about, like, uh, the Night Lords, or like the Ultramarines, uh, in a more basic sense. After we okay. get this stuff done, but I need to finish reading um, the Night Lord's Omnibus before I can get that going. Oh, I'm I'm, almost, I'm 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 looking forward to uh, more supplementary info on the Night Lords because that was a great episode. Love the Night Lords, love Kurs, uh, but uh, really looking forward to uh, Angron and 40K's, Angron. Yeah, Angron. Forty K's uh, not so subtle naming scheme. Forty K in the curious case of the not so subtle name. I wonder if Angron's angry, right? I don't know. A- Angron, Angron, the curious case of of subtlety. What is it? <laughs> so, might as well just get jumping into this because Angron, like Kurz, I was like, ah, it's this big angry man, it's corn, the buff of the blood god. Ah, and then I read him and I'm like, wow, this is sad. This is this is sad. 
And then I kind of felt bad because I always, I think I, I think me before this podcast and before I had to do a lot more uh, looking up stuff, research, mm -hmm. I was very much like an Imperial where I kind of only knew what Imperials would know. So I was like, Angron, yeah, he's that idiot who is always angry and stuck nails in his brain to make himself angrier. That's mm -hmm. not quite the case. It's from a, what little I from what little I know about like Warhammer, whenever Angron comes up, there's always like, oh, angry, me angry, me spike and pale head. But then there's always like these comments for like, yo, maybe don't make fun of him so much because it's actually like super hardcore depressing why he does that and why he's so angry, and it's actually a lot more complex. So, ooh, I I I am I w I want to know more. Well, like, I don't want me. people I don't want people to gatekeep Angron's feelings. Because that's that's a, that's a pretty a low low you can hit, but we're, uh, there is definitely interesting. So, Emperor Mount Emperor. Everest or Himal Himalayan Mountains, whatever tubes, Zinch or whoever, <laughs> flying out of the galaxy. Angron landed on a quote civilized world far far away in the galaxy called Nuceria, and Nuceria was technologically advanced, actually decently, but was ruled over by a very wealthy elite in palaces and villas with slums and favelas all around past them. You ever seen that famous picture of Brazil where it's like a gorgeous, uh, like, oh, yeah. uh, coteller or like, you know, skyscraper and then it just cuts right next to and just just straight up slums. slums yeah and it's just like all these like they're basically living in like trash heaps and they're just these stilted yeah it's awful. yeah so it's basically like that and the oligarchic rulers used consistent regular gladiatorial death matches in these huge arenas to distract the lower class from their poverty poverty oh um <laughs> So it was okay. one of those like with a big wealthy elite used gladiator arenas to make the impoverished less angry. And a slaver was the first to find Angron way up in this mountain. And Angron was bloody and battered, surrounded by alien corpses high up on the mountain. Oh. And <laughs> Imperial Record doesn't really know what species they are. Some think it was Eldar. Who were trying to kill the Primarch because they foretold what he would become. Um, right. Which, I gotta be honest, I don't like Eldar a whole lot, but having them all get fucked by an infant sounds <laughs> like a little bit of a disservice to the Eldar. A little so, bit. Oh, that's true, because he'd be an infant at this point, right? It's he'd not be like he'd very be young. grown little infant just dunking on Eldar. <laughs> Yeah, so so maybe maybe not Eldar. Maybe they were like, maybe they sent like three civilian Eldar, like, hey, just strangle the kid in his crib. I don't know. Either way, Angram was super wounded, but he alive, and he was taken by as a slave by the planet's uh, ruling masters. They're called the High Riders, which, I mean, yeah, it's cool. Uh, and he was brought to a palace at the most powerful city state, and he was sold as a slave to the ruling clan of House Thalkir. Now, he was still a frightened young child at this point and the first thing they did with him is it took him and 99 other guys and he was going fortnite battle royale gonna get down angron wiped out tomato town and they fucking threw him into a pit <laughs> and then they started God. pouring acid into the pit oh uh, as if and the death were, match wasn't enough no like here's acid you know you gotta you gotta raise the stakes go kill your fellow friends 
And so, you know, oh, Chug Jug here, uh, fucking Fortnite dab there, Rick Sanchez in Fortnite, Angron was the final one to live and stood on a big plot. I hate that those are all actual Fortnite references. Like, Just you wait, DK. They have Rick oh. Sanchez in Fortnite. Wait till they partner with GW. Wait mm. until we have Ultramarine in, in Fortnite. It will happen. That would be that would be kind of cool though. Like nope. Rick Sanchez, Rick, Rick Sanchez in Fortnite is like, oh my god, I didn't think I could cringe any harder at Fortnite, and then they fucking. Ugh. But at least an Ultramarine is like it's a warrior. He's a big guy, and you know, dunking on an Ultramarine from like a twelve-year-old dunking on an Ultramarine sounds like the funniest shit ever to me. So let's go. I'm I'm all about <laughs> that life. I want to make it more dark. Make it like a fucking dark Eldar Archon. In Fortnite, oh. <laughs> or like like a succubus in Fortnite, get, just get like a slave, <laughs> just slave. I want to play as Fortnite slave. I want to play as Drukari slave, Dad. Give me twenty dollars for my V bucks. <laughs> Drukari slave. Ooh. Ooh. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Angron got the victory royale, and he was um he got number one. Of course, he survived by standing on like a little pillar and with the acid and killing everyone else. So, he was brought to the most popular arena in the entire capital. He was given the name Angron Thalkir, which means Child of the Mountain. Um, which, you know, he was found on a mountain. Yeah, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. You, you get it. You understand. Yeah. Um, so, Angron Super grew big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After our Fortnite so... conversations. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyway, he grew up. He grew big, of course. He was t forced to take part in the gladiatorial games all the time. He was a huge fan favorite. He was known as the Lord of the Red Sands. Um, also because he would actually, like, spare those that fought really well. He was known as oh. the Unbeaten as well. However, during this period of time of him being, like, this god-tier fighter, he resented his slavery heavily. He tried to escape constantly. Mm. He was, like... Always, he also had a dog, I think. Oh, yeah, I think Shy posted a picture of him. There he is. Oh, he um, does it. Oh, he does have a dog, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's a he's a crazed ass, he's a crazy yeah. fucking gladiator, man. Even his dog is angry. Look at that dog, he's pissed. Even the dog is a, that's little little Angron, <laughs> little Ang, little Angie, yeah. little, little Ang. We gotta have a whole story about Angron. Being like the most angry son of a bitch, and then like whatever his dog comes by, he's like, "Are you angry, little Ang?" And Doc's like, "Woof!" He's like, "Me too." <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. Print it. <laughs> so, at this time though, like, was he angry? I guess, but he was angry at his confines. Just he was constantly trying to escape his his um, uh, slavery. Right. Eventually. Yeah. He grew this huge bond with an older gladiator known as Oanimus. Oanimus. Oh. You can tell there's definitely a lot of like uh, old Rome, sure. a little bit of that, like a little bit of uh, the the old gladiatorial thing. You, you get yeah, Roman you, gladiatorial you, combat. Yeah. yeah, I mean, are Ultramarines are like right. Yeah, Ultramarines are like the Rome people, obviously, but this mm -hmm. is like a different variant, I guess. Yeah. Um. But uh, he was another gladiator he grew kind of a bond with, this Oanimous guy. And he eventually became kind of like a father figure to him. And they fought together. And they killed many gladiators together, two of them, including two Berserk Ogren. 
that had these oh, implants shit. in their head uh, known as the butcher's nails, which we'll, we'll talk about. Oh, uh, yeah, nails. those will come up again, eh? <laughs> um, eventually, because they just thought it was such a good fucking time, the higher-ups forced the two of them to fight each other. Of and they did. Angron was uh, like, no. And he and then he flat out insulted them in front of the crowd. He was like, you, you lily-livered ass, you stupid fucking little Aang, tell him. Woof. That's what woof. I thought, too. <laughs> So this is really turning into gladiator, like with uh, with a little the, bit. I, yeah, I'm I'm the best gladiator. I'm not gonna do what you want. Fuck you. Thumbs down me all you want. I'll do my own shit. There's a lot of gladiator. Gladiator slave fighting hates the higher. Yeah, there's a lot of gladiator in this. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's okay. It's a good movie, but you know, yeah, subtlety. A, um. <laughs> Gee, however, <laughs> because he refused. He was forced to actually get the butcher nails into his head as punishment. Now the butcher oh, nails. Oh, that's how he gets them. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Oh, that's so the butcher up. nails. These are from the dark age technology. These are old, old tech, and they're cordal, uh, cordal implants that are are dug deep into the fucking head of the person, and they boost adrenaline. Increasing strength and aggression in battle, but they also remove the warrior's mind of all reason, caution, and morality. They literally reward rage with electrochemical pleasure, and they deaden the enjoyment of anything else besides rage. They, they literally, like, you become super angry, and it'll, like, uh, get your brain, like, um, electro, uh, electrized, like, electrized, what the fuck? Yeah, it, 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 it gets all those pleasure receptors going. Yeah. Just, um, Words. Yeah, Words. He, that's, that Energized. like a fucked up tool. Yeah, that doesn't sound happy fun times. Yeah, and with them in his head, they he was sent immediately against his father figure and just like ripped him into pieces. And when he regained his senses, he saw what he was done, what he did, and he was thrown into a depression that appar apparently, and this is fucking silly to me, but they said he unleashed a howl that lasted for several days, which uh, I don't know if I a man mean, could scream for multiple days, but it was he was still pretty fucking sad. Like you can you can say that he got sad without being like, yeah, he howled for an entire. Day. No, he didn't. No, he I don't. Didn't. I don't believe that. But point being, <laughs> he's really sad. Oh yeah, super depresso. Absolutely. So. After that, this is when he went for, like, full-on rebellion. Another escape attempt that he tried and failed, uh, which, remind, which reminds me, you're probably wondering how the hell does he keep failing these escape attempts when he's fucking Angron? Mm -hmm. um, it's because the higher-ups, they're not like, this isn't like a super backwater gladiator war. Like, they have guns. They have, ah. they have armies. They have tanks. Like, ooh. This isn't just backwater gladiator stuff. This they have a military force. Yeah, the, so. especially the higher ups too, because it's it's impoverished and it's super high class. So I assume they would have some pretty choice defenses to stop rebellions, like the the lower class from rebelling. They've got yeah, I I, I can see that. You feel it. Mm -hmm. Um. Now during this whole last big rebellion thing in the large he rec recommended the largest gladiator pit fight of all time like like thousands of people 
And he actually conspired with all the other gladiators, all the other slaves, as they kind of all saw him as like the, the best of them, to sure. all kind of revolt together. Now, in that giant, you know, fight, when the fight began, they all turned on the guards and lost a ton of people due to firearms, but they were able to actually overwhelm the guards and escape with about 2,000 gladiators, stealing weapons and, and pouring into the streets. Yeah. Um, now, over the next few years, the rulers sent many armed forces to capture all the different gladiators who began calling themselves the Eater of Cities. Uh, however, ah. often often they were all beaten by Angron and his, you know, military prowess. Sure. Uh, however, combination of like attrition and hunger started to really take their toll. And with time, only about maybe a thousand men and women were still alive at this point. Uh, just due to like attrition and stuff. And at How this many point, people did you say were in the in the in the fight that like overturned? Was it ten thousand? He started out. It, it with? was it was a lot, thousands, maybe ten thousand. All I okay. know is that two thousand escaped, and <sighs> then one there's one thousand left. Uh, and at this point, during this period of time, Angron was chilling, doing whatever he was doing, planning or whatever. And then mm. a man known as Biggie was staring. Hey. He was in his ship looking down at the whole of what's going on. He was really impressed. He was like, wow, I like it when you fight back against, against you know, good old oppression. I like that you're fighting for yourself. This is great. So Big E teleported down with a big, you know, legion of, of uh, custodies and was Ooh. like, hey. Uh, ang oh, wait, no. Uh, that's the wrong one. Um... Angron. <laughs> That's not the world. Wrong word accent. Bears. They're not the word uh, bears. They're not Italian. <laughs> they, uh, he, he teleported down and he was like, Angron, good job, man. I'm proud of you. Hey, check this out. It's a bunch, it's a whole contingent of Space Marines, all for you. You, you can get the 12th Space Marine Legion, the Warhounds. And, and Angron was like, no. Ooh. He turned down Biggie. He literally refused outright. He said, "He said oh. that uh, he would rather die with his slave fellow slaves than desert them." He Aww. he flat out refused. He's a good boy. What a good yeah. boy. What a He's good like, boy. These little, little Ang. Yeah, these Aang. are I've... like these are my my friends. These are the people I've been with for years. Like these are. This is these are my people. I am I will not desert them. I refuse. And he and Emperor was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> and then and then the Emperor left. He he's oh. like, "Shit, okay." And so he went back to his ship, just like like flabbergasted, dumbfounded. What the hell? He actually refused me. What what? Yeah, who refuses Big E? Like, I, I figured once he was like, oh, yeah, I fuck you, Big E. Big E would do some sort of thing, or he would be like, oh, yeah, well, fuck it. I just killed all your people. Now you've got nobody to stay here with, so you're coming with me, bitch. Um, damn, he just he just left? He just, oh, okay, fine. Stay here and die. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fine, whatever. I don't care. So, it's not like I wanted you or anything. <laughs> shut, shut, <laughs> shut up. Shut up, you. So at the end of the as as he left and as the years went by, the last thousand of them 
were on, uh, I think, I think it maybe it's not the mountain that he uh, landed on or a different mountain, uh, but they were all making their way up the mountain, kind of being held back by about like seven separate Nusarian armies, like Ooh. completely outnumbered, completely outgunned. And this was going to be where they make their final stand. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is the end, right? Yeah. And, and what happened is that then out of nowhere, Angron just disappeared. Oh, just did he just Houdini'd it? And just, the pff. because the Emperor forcefully teleported him onto his ship. Oh and, no! <laughs> and and completely leaderless, Angron washed from orbit as all one thousand of his gladiators were overrun and murdered by the armies and completely destroyed. Oh. They they all died. Every oh. single one of them. What about Aang? Did Aang make it out? I don't know if Aang made it out. Oh, no. Little little oh. Aang didn't make it out. No, the worst timeline. Oh, God, if he wasn't angry before, boy, he's got to be stark raving pissed now. He, oh. well, in fact, he was so fucking angry that he immediately turned to the closest custodian and proceeded to beat him to death. Oh, <laughs> which is impressive. Which is impressive for a custodian. It's the custodies. Holy shit! That's so, that's some anger. Oh. He is fucking mad, and the only way he was put into submission was through the emperor's psychic abilities. And Ooh. and um, Angron was like, "You had a teleporter. Why didn't you save them?" Like, you could have saved them all. Mm-hmm. And Emperor said that he had bigger, grander plans for mankind, and a group of random slaves on a backwater world is not important enough. Oh! What? And he's like, holy <laughs> shit, Dad. You Why fucking... are you such a bad dad? Like, I... Oh, my God. Because I, I, I got to imagine... If he was like, "Oh yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save all of them. I, I'm gonna teleport Angron and all of his people up here. You're all saved. You're now gonna form your own new chapter with all of your friends, and it's gonna be great." Maybe then he doesn't, you know, turn to chaos. Maybe you know, m- maybe maybe don't like reprimand your Batman character for doing what you told him to do. Maybe don't kill the father of your stinky man just be, to make a point. <laughs> Maybe not let your your son's closest friends all get murdered in front of his eyes and be like, yeah. eh, they weren't important. If I, oh, I didn't save them because they're fucking worthless. Oh, were they important to you? Nah, don't worry about it. They're fucking trash. Oh, you're so bad at this, Biggie. <laughs> Angron was literally like, what you've done, Emperor, what you've done, you now are only going to have, like, a ghost of a son. And Empress said a ghost would suffice. So, now this, so Angron, Angron obviously took control of the Warhounds uh, Legion, the 12th Legion. However, when I say take control... Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) He was a rage-filled, bitter person. Every time a member of the Warhounds went to his chamber to ask him something, he beat them to death. Oh! (laughs) Every single time. Until, until one man, one man named Captain Karn, 
and you'll be hearing Karn a bit soon, of the 8th Assault Company, was really fucking tired of Angron beating everyone who talked to him to death. <laughs> so he went into, he like, I'm gonna meet my Primarch, and he went into the chambers, and he was immediately beaten by Angron. Oh, of, of course. But, but he was able to resist it for quite a bit. Oh, and actually, put up a good fight. He put up a good fight, and that made Angron see his legion as not quite as terrible as he thought they would be. <laughs> they're not bugs that he needs to squash. They they grew a bit of rapport with each other, even though their first moments together was Angron beating the living shit out of him. <laughs> uh, but he was like, okay, maybe my legion isn't entirely worthless. Mm. And so they started to grow a bit of rapport with each other, talked about traditions and gladiator stuff. And he eventually then, okay, finally took over the Warhound Legion. However, he renamed them to the World Eaters, as one, he is no hound dog of the Emperor, and two, the gladiators back in the day were known as the Eater of Cities. Mm -hmm. Remember? Uh, yep, yep. As soon as you said they were called the City, the 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 Eater of Cities, I was like, oh, is that how he gets the name World Eaters? Okay, and I That's and I can totally it. see how he would hate the name Warhound because fuck the Emperor, right? Fuck the Emperor, fuck the Imperium, fuck everything they stand for. Yeah, I, I get that. That makes sense. The uh, it, it's it's quote time, DK. Oh, let's go. Let's get a good quote. Let's hear it. <clears throat> so this is from Karn, uh, who's also now known as Karn the Betrayer, but we'll we'll discuss that later. Oh. <clears throat> the Emperor needed a weapon that would never obey its own desires before those of the Imperium. He needed a weapon that would never bite the hand that feeds. The world leaders were not that weapon. We've all drawn, drawn blades purely for the sake of shedding blood, and we've all felt the exultation of winning a war that never even needed to happen. We are not the tame, reliable pets that the Emperor wanted. The wolves obey when we would not. The wolves can be trusted when we never could. They have a discipline we lack because their passions are not aflame with the butcher's nails buzzing in the back of their skulls. The wolves will always come to heal when called. In that regard, it is a mystery why they name themselves wolves. They are tame, collared by the emperor, obeying his every whim. But a wolf doesn't behave that way. Only a dog does. That is why we are the eaters of worlds and the warhounds no longer. And and you say you, you say you say these guys turn to chaos, eh? You say just, just a little. Just you say a these guys don't follow the emperor, eh? Is that what you? <laughs> Them Jesus. going to chaos is the least surprising thing of all, even if it's still sad. Yeah, it's like, oh, traitor legions are happening, so we've already lost the world eaters, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> People are going traitor. Okay, so we've lost the world eaters. We'll just, I, we don't have any confirmation. I'm just going to go ahead and assume. It's, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. yeah, just, just give a shot. Yeah. So, Jesus. so when Angron was brought, brought aboard, he was put to sleep by that guy, Malkador. Or Malkador. Mm -hmm. So Malkador, they 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 put him to sleep with a psychic power because Malkador is like a ridiculous psyker. And they decided to check out his, his butcher's nails because they were like, the hell? And they found that they were not properly used for a Primarch. As obviously being a Primarch, a little different than being in a, like a, a regular Astartes. They That's created true. things like emotional instability. But removing them, they were so coiled into his brain and so deeply fed in that removing them would kill him. 
and okay. it's but slowly also damaged the subject's ability to reason the nails would slowly kill Angrom, and you would probably die before the great crusade even ended like oh. no no longer was Angron having any pleasure in anything that wasn't the sensation of anger. Everything caused him pain. Like, talking caused Angron pain. Thinking, walking, eating, caused sleeping caused Angron physical pain. Oh, wow. That's so fucked up. That's, that's not a great life to live. No, I mean, you know, living 40k ain't great in general, but... This That's is a particularly bad like, life. Geez. This is the worst timeline. Yeah, it is. Like, nah, he he already had a fucked up life, but now literally everything causes him pain except rage. Like, it wasn't bad enough that he had to watch all of his people die and be forced into essentially more slavery with the Emperor, but now literally everything he does is pain. Great. Jesus. And the Emperor, in all of his wisdom, went to Malkador and said, you keep this between us. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell Angron. Don't tell the day he's dying. He'll be dead before the Great Crusade ends, but that's fine because Angron's a liability. Whatever, man. Oh. <laughs> yep. Piggy is such a piece of shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Look, this is this this is why I I when I start the tabletop, I'm I'm playing chaos because fuck the corpse emperor, man. That guy's a douche. <laughs> guy's a douche. That guy's a fucking douche. You know? <laughs> you guys say it like you're from Pittsburgh. That guy's a fucking douche. Fucking douche. Douche. Uh, no, at least not from Cleveland. <laughs> so, Angron went working on his Legion, right? He decided yep. to go full on blood for the blood. Well, not go on full for the uh, blood for the blood god, but like blood in combat was the only way to do true skill. Their training involved live fire fights, like real blades, mm -hmm. fighting pits, gladiatorial combat. These were the tests of the Astartes. They all he also and, and this is one thing I'm not quite understanding of and hopefully shy might maybe help explain this and if not shy then maybe a comment section um he actually had the Astartes under his legion add the butcher nails to their brain as well or at least attempt to put the butcher nails into their brain um, but it proved quite difficult because of the old dark age technology that's what they were so creating a perfect construct uh, for them was really difficult because they were already in his damn head. And every time he tried to put the Butcher Nails into one of his Astartes, it has a 100% mortality rate. Every Ooh. single time they, they tried a different variant, it would kill the subject. Um, Shy, do you know why he put them in their head? Like, he, he really hates them in his head. I would think he wouldn't want to put them in their head. I mean, I get the idea of making them better at combat, but I feel like he would kind of be... I don't, like... Would he not want to... He wouldn't want to give them the same torture... It seems unless, unless he just hates his legions. I was gonna say it seems like he doesn't really like his like maybe he respects them a little bit, but he kind of hates them. So he's like, "You're gonna suffer the way I suffer because you're mine and I hate you." Fuck Biggie, he's a douche. And <laughs> I, I thought maybe, but at the same time, like the I think the only Primarch that truly truly hated their legion was Kurz. I don't think hmm. Angron hated everyone. Well, okay, maybe he hates everyone <laughs> because he's Angron, but, like, not particularly. There we go. As far as I heard, they wanted to get Butcher Nails in their heads, too, because he was their dad. They figured the only way to understand and accept their fucked up dad would become as fucked up as he was. Oh. That sounds like a, that sounds like a loyal Astartes thing to do. 
That sounds yeah. like a loyal, yeah, loyal to the Primarch. That's, I believe that, is, that. That's quite the twist, actually, because, I mean, it started off with, like, yeah, I'm just going to beat all of you to fucking death because fuck you and fuck the Emperor. But damn, then it turned around to the point where they're like, yeah, we want we want to understand you, Pops. Put the, put the brain spike in my head, even though put it's... Put in my head. <laughs> but I want a brain spike, too, damn. Wow, Karn, how come Dad lets you have two brain spikes? <laughs> I want two brain spikes, too. Okay. <laughs> no more complaining. No, he's dead, shit. <laughs> Apothecary, get a better one. So... After trying to put brain spikes in and not working, uh, it became the Great Crusade, of course. And Angron refused to acknowledge most of his sons, since none of them were even strong enough to survive the, the Butcher Nails implantation. One time, and I fucking love this, one time, he simply abandoned them. He hijacked a frigate and left. He just left. He went for the milk. Guys, I'll be right back. You keep fighting. You're doing great. Uh, Dad's got to go get some cigarettes. Be right back. It's like, Dad still hasn't come back, and all of us are almost dead. They, they, he, he was gone for two years. Oh. He, they found him on a backwater world, living like a savage, hoping that someone would come and put him out of his misery and kill him. Whoa. <laughs> Jesus. Had, had mega depression. I don't know if he was as depressed as Kurz was, but he had some serious depression. So while he was on this backwater planet, was he was he doing a lot of combat and raging? Because if he wasn't, his life was probably miserable. If he was just like slumming it up in like a jungle, then he was just literally living a life of pain and suffering because he had nothing to rage and kill. He was probably maybe killing the animals or something. I don't really know what he was doing there, but he just wanted Oof. something to kill him. Uh, the person who found him, however, was that man, Karn. And he chastised him. He was like, imagine your old gladiator friends. Imagine if they had seen him in the state that you're in right now. Imagine mm. if, like, the last surviving slave was, was winding in a hole hoping for death. Ooh. And, like, you know, I mean... That, that, that spurred Angron to go back to his legion, but, you know, Angron was still okay. not pleased with that. But it, it did yeah. get him back to normal. Um, I was going to say, now, if you want to piss off Angron, that sounds like a great way to do it. It's a very good way. Yeah, he, Angron became known uh, as the Red Angel. He hated the title. He despised I'm it because there was already an angel. His name was Sanguinius, and he loathed Sanguinius. I'm sure um, he did. <laughs> he's like the only, I think he's one of the only Primarchs that hated Sanguinius, because I think Sanguinius is like a great guy to everyone. Yeah, um, I was going to say, you couldn't be more of a polar opposite to Angron than Sanguinius, right? One is just rage, hate the Emperor, this is all fucking stupid, I hate everyone, please everybody end me, die. And Sanguinius just loves everybody, he's great to everyone, Emperor's my, Emperor's my best buddy Dan. Oof. Polar yep. opposites, these two. He saw Sanguinius with the psychic powers and everything like that as kind of like a, a problem. Whereas he, for all of Angron's faults, he saw himself as his own man, you know? Right. Now, right. this is a fun thing, and, I'm and I really am excited to talk about this thing. Um, so, Angron, he had a rule. If when in the, in the Great Crusade, you have 31 hours... A normal Nusarian day, instead of 24, you know, mm -hmm. to take over the world that you're trying to go for, that in the Great Crusade. 
to oh, subjugate oh, the world. You have 31 hours. If you do not take it in 31 hours, one out of every 10 Space Marines will be forced to be beaten to death by the other nine. Oh, For your wow. failure. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a great way to inspire everyone to move real quick and actually do what they're supposed to do, because uh, you don't want to be that one out of nine. Uh, no, you do not. <laughs> so then we enter this situation called the Gena or Gena Massacre. This is probably one, <clears throat> probably one of the the best, like like the biggest uh, turning points in this mm -hmm. situation. I think so. In the world of Gena or Gena, whatever, there was a group of really ill humans in a colony of like a thousand people, give or take, and okay. they accepted imperial rule completely peacefully. They were like really, uh, they were like the Necrons or whatever, like really cancer riven or whatever. Mm -hmm. They accepted Imperial rule totally peacefully, kept in live in these little stasis pods. There's only like a thousand people there. It's a tiny little colony. Yeah. However, the world went completely silent. And so Angron was sent to go find out what happened. And they found out that these people were actually being kept alive through the use of artificial intelligence. Uh oh. Uh oh. Biggie uh -oh. says that's bad. <laughs> yes, he do. So Angron sent down his people to, to deal with the problem with the usual 31-hour mark issue. Sure. Now, this caused a certain guy named Centurion Mago, or Mago, to make a really hasty, poorly executed landing because of that fear of the time limit. Turned out that the world contained a thousand humans, <clears throat> but billions of simulacrum humans billions of robotic forms of humans that were actually just AIs in human-looking bodies, like Blade Runner style. Oh! All being controlled huh. by the thousand humans in the, the tanks. Oh, that, and that's a bigger uh-oh. It's a big uh-oh. And those that's billions a... of humans started to overwhelm them hard. Oh, I mean, that is a billion AI robot things simulacrum bots that's ooh. good luck so with that they actually got over ram and they were eventually able to subjugate the world or at least make their footing with uh, some more heavy artillery and like tanks that they eventually arrived with but they didn't meet the time limit oh so the centurion mago was uh when they were ordered to kill the people he flat out refused which angron found humorous and then oh. instead, hey, Mago, you get to kill the first one. You were, you're killing the first, which he also refused. Which then Angron went fucking ballistic and killed a, like a couple dozen warriors in the room Oof. until his librarians and psychers were able to subjugate him to sleep. Which he Damn. then didn't wake up from. Oh. He, he just stayed in that sleep for a while? Just... He, he wasn't waking up. He wasn't waking up. Well, I mean, hey, you win some, you lose some. I'm sure the rest of the Legion was... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the rest of the Legion was like, you know, it kind of sucks that our leader is not waking up, but uh, he's kind of a dick. Well, Nobody's he's, he's dying now. You know, I don't have die. to... Yeah, 31 hours, dummy shit. Eh, eh. So, 
so while they were figuring out what to do with their leader asleep, one of the apothecaries actually found a stable method of implanting the butcher nails by oh. reverse engineering the technology from this Genin place. And would now to implement them into the Legion with the first person implementing them on was our good man Karn. Mm-hmm. When Angron finally awoke, he saw his Legion with the nails in their head. And he commanded them to make get their way back down to Gaina and finally fully take over the world. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually, the Mago guy led a resistance group against him. Didn't work. He died. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. But with the new butcher nails, it was like it was like chump change. Killing through these robot humans was extremely easy. They were just slaughtering them. To the point yeah. where it was so incredibly harsh that they they the the astropaths across the sector felt the sheer volume of death. Um, wow, which is a little weird to me because I, I thought that um, they like had just robots, but yeah, you wouldn't think a psycho would feel a robot dying. Yeah, I may have read that wrong, but point being, eh, lots lot, of death, lots of, de- and uh, it was super easy now. Yeah, super easy, and then eventually. Karn made his way inside the actual thousand-person chamber in which they all, like, got out of their tanks and, like, were pleading for their life, and Karn was like, lol, said Karn the Betrayer, Lamau, who then immediately slaughtered every single one of them single-handedly. Lamau, poggers, play of the game, goes to Karn for massive bloodshed and no mercy. Good job. Jesus. So, the massacre on Gaina... The emperor not a not pleased. He was <laughs> like, "Wow, subjugate the world! Don't kill all of them." <laughs> and so he was like, "Hey, hey, Lehman Russ, go deal with him." Oh, and I was like, Jesus. "And I was like, we've heard this one before. <laughs> we sure have, motherfucker, fucking Lehman Russ, we fucking Lehman Russ, Shit. fucking woo, fucking- woo, 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 woo." Oh man, it reminds me of little Aang now. Now I'm sad. Oh, poor little Aang. So, basically, Russ arrived on Gaina, and they kind of just met on in like a field, just together, Mm -hmm. and you know, very classic thing. And Lehman Russ was like, "Hey, you are to stop putting nails in people and take them out and stop killing humans." And Ingram was like, "No." Lamau. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that went over real well. You know, I, I was totally expecting to, uh, Angron to just be like, oh, sure. My bad. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so they fought each other, obviously. Uh, it was kind of a stalemate. Apparently, both sides recorded that they won, but both sides believe they secretly lost. <laughs> kind of weird. That's a hell of a fight. It's like, that one, it's like that one submarine uh battle way back when i forget what it was called but it was like both submarines thought the other one had died and they left oh that was like some it was like world war two or one or what something like that but it was a silly little story um jeez anyway <laughs> the heresy comes angron joined joined joyfully stoked <laughs> like hell yeah man absolutely <laughs> There's any other option besides the Imperia and Big M's, and I can destroy his people, and I can hopefully overthrow him. Sign on the dotted line. Like, that's... Ab- no problems needed. <laughs> Easiest choice I've ever made. 
So with him joining the, the, you know, heresy, we all know what's going on. Horus, all that kind of thing. Um, oh, hey, Chai gave me a quote. <clears throat> hey. Uh, you kept that mule, Corferon. Russ kept his kin friends. The lion kept Luther. Humans, brothers, and foster fathers saved and raised into legion rants. But not me. Not Angron, no. Did the Emperor teleport his gold-wrapped custodians down to help me and my army? No. Did he free the Warhounds and order them to battle? Fight alongside me? No. Did he save my brothers and sisters the way he spared and honored the lion's closest kin? The way he honored Corferon? No, no, and no. No mercy for Angron. Angron the Oathbreaker. Angron the Betrayer. And he's fucking right! Yeah, I mean, you can't really argue with him. Big E was a fucking idiot. That's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So, a reminder, do you remember in the Gilliman episode, the Ultramarine episode, they had that big battle with uh, the Word Bearers and the Fedora Lex ship? And... <laughs> yeah. You remember That's... that, right? Did you see the edit of the ship actually being I, Fedora? <laughs> I did see the Fedora Lex. It was fucking great. The best. So, uh, it was found out, of course, that was the Kelth Crusade. And... Obviously, it was found that the nails were killing Angron at a faster rate than, than preferred. Mm -hmm. So, Lorgar recommended they actually return to Nuceria, where the gladiatorial owners were, and learn more about how they functioned by the masters who put it in his damn head. Makes sense. So, Lorgar promised to Angron they would learn all they could, and then they would burn the planet to ash. Because, of course, that's what Angron wants. Sure. Um... So they, when they landed there, the first place that Angron went was to the mountaintop where his gladiators made their last stand. And all he found were bones exposed to the elements of a thousand people and little Aang. All oh, no. there. Little all Aang. there with, with like some with bullet holes in the heads and just like skulls exposed to the elements. And that right there was too much for Angron to bear. Like, oh. I think he, I think he like, broke down sobbing. I don't quite remember exactly what he did, but it was he was fucking sad. I, I can imagine those were his people. If he loved anyone, it would have been them. They were his slaves, his friends, those who he was raised with, who he fought in bloody combat with. And yeah, I imagine that would be a bit much to deal with. Yeah, yeah. So he went to the palace, and he learned the, the tale of his defense... That was told to the city afterwards was that he that Angron fled as a coward with his tail between his legs and left the rest oh. of his gladiators to die. Now, this was not a nice revelation to Angron. Nope. I imagine and that was the worst. It was, in fact, so bad that he killed everyone in the room and then he told his legion to kill everyone in the city. And when they were done with that, kill everyone on the planet. Okay. And this is when the Ultramarines arrived, of course, as you remember from our little pri pre uh, previous previous story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, I, okay, so that was when the, they arrived. Uh, then they had their big fight. Remember, Gilliman was fighting Lorgar and then Angron, Kool-Aid man through the wall. And he's like, wow, <laughs> that's actually an orc thing. He was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. And as they were fighting, there's a, a, a fact that was omitted in the Gilliman episode. When they were attacking each other, Gilliman got a good punch on Angron's chest plate, right? Mm -hmm. And it actually knocked a skull 
that was hanging from his armor off on off of his plate. And Gilliman, you know, the skull rolled towards Gilliman, who then crushed it underneath his foot because, you know, Gilliman's finding him. Uh-huh. And it was one of the skulls of the gladiators. Oh, no. One he, of his took, best friends. Oh, no. He took some of the bones and stuff from his uh, from his best friends and put it on his armor uh, as to, like, you know, symbolize Remember and all that kind of them stuff. By, yeah, yeah. And Ooh. Gilliman was just like, crunch. And that set Angron into a bit. No kidding. You don't say. <laughs> Please tell me more. So, so yeah, he, he started going mad. He was whacking at Gilliman, going, going, going. But, of course, we remember this one. Butcher Nails were killing him. Yeah, He's getting a problem. Yeah, this turned into a, a, a Correct. A demon, right? Yeah. This is exactly when Lorgard does his like bullshit and then rains marinara sauce and then hey and then he turns into a demon. Uh, and this is when a he did big demon. <laughs> a big fucking demon. This is when he turns into the demon Primarch. Um, now, obviously Gilliman fled. We've been over all this thing. Mm. Uh, past this, Nuceria did die as Angron had hoped. Every living soul on Nuceria has been killed. And Angron, in his new demon Primarch form, returned to the ship and immediately slaughtered every librarian in his army, oh. uh, which are the Psychers. Yeah. I, okay. And this was the last point because Lorgar was kind of offering Angron and stuff to the wills of Korn anyway during that Hamana Hamana, obviously, because mm-hmm. he turned into a Korn demon. Sure. But Korn saw Angron kill the last Psyker. In the entire goddamn army. And Korn was like, Yay, yay, Encore! Let's go! I hate Psychers! Fuck Zinch! Woo! It's true. And it probably the, would make Korn very happy, wouldn't it? He was stoked. And so that was basically the point where they fully fell into Korn. Okay. That's when the, the full point when they went straight, full-on Korn demon. Now oh. they're fully traitor legion, fully chaos, fully under Korn's reign. They literally... Had Angron literally went to Karn and said, slaughter the lower decks of slaves and bring their skulls to me and build me a throne of skulls on my ship. Wow, that's hardcore. Yeah, it's um, pretty cool. Oh boy. I'm sure he I'm sure they actually did too. Like he I'm sure that wasn't just metaphorical. <laughs> like he probably does legitimately have a skull of thrones on that ship, doesn't he? Skulls a blood for the blood god, skulls for the skull throne. Fair. Fair. They don't say that for kicks. They don't. So, our last bit to talk about was the Siege of Terra. Now, the Royal has got fully corn right now. Angron wanted to be first in on the palace. First guy. <laughs> but bet. the Emperor's psychic, <laughs> psychic defenses made it really rough and would probably kill him. But he didn't really give a shit. And Horus instead chose the Death Guard to be first in. And Angron was like, Ooh! And then he started... <laughs> murdering everyone in sight on his ship. Oh, oh okay. I mean, and I guess so, I can't feel too sorry for him because they're all chaos anyway, so who fucking cares if they get murdered, right? Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, uh, now, during this period of time, we have newly favorited best girl. Uh, this Now, we're going to talk... We're, okay, Latara Serene, or Saren. Captain Latara Saren, or whatever. She... All right. All right, listen, DK. We're okay. going to talk a lot more about her next week, okay? But okay, okay. There, there is a... I have never seen a woman walk with fucking nuts of tungsten 
with ovaries of pure titanium like this before. Let, let me make this let me make this clear. She she a mortal human was the captain of the flagship of the world eaters. Whoa. She was the captain. Whoa. And she's just a mortal human woman. There's I, there's no psyker powers. She doesn't have. Does she at least have some power armor or something like nothing? She is the, there. She is in that picture right there, bottom right. Oh, Latara Saren. That's all, and she is arguably one of the most ruthless world eater characters out there. We'll talk. We'll we'll talk more about her next episode. Don't you fucking worry. Oh, all right. Wow. Don't you fucking worry. But point being. Since she was the captain of the ship of the Conqueror, she was like, "Well, Angron's not doing his thing again, but she might kill the tech priest that handled the ship's reactor." Um, okay, I'm gonna. I and then she conspire with this Night Lord captain, and sent Karn to go deal with Angron, and mm -hmm. and then Karn got his ass kicked, but he slapped he a, a teleport homer onto Angron's chest, and they teleported him away, and they teleported <laughs> him into that maze. That was built by Percherabo that Conrad Kurz used to break Vulcan and torture oh, him. Right, 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 right. Yeah. They teleported him in there to just lose his mind in for a while until the actual psychic defense barrier on Terra was down. And then they literally opened the airlock and yeeted him from the ship into the deep space onto Earth. And and he came down like a meteor, and he landed on the ground like a. Piece. They were like, "Go, Agron, get him!" Yeet. <laughs> He's fucking airlocked. That's yeah, great. they just they just sucked him out of the airlock, and then and he was like, and he fucking Boom. landed like a meteor on the surface. Oh, God, no, that's, no, that's no, great. like. No jetpack, no fucking parachute. Just like <laughs> here I come, Jesus Christ! I when when you said they put him in Percherabo's maze, the first thing that came into my head was all I could picture was like uh, that Juggernaut scene in the X X Men movie where he's just plowing through walls and just, I'm the Juggernaut bitch. That's like all I can imagine <laughs> him doing is just plowing through every wall, just hoping to get to the exit, like not even caring about strategy. Which way have I gone? He's just he's just fucking barreling through every wall he sees that it seems is, like the angron way to get through a maze it's the angron way <laughs> the angron so way, yes this is where i'm probably gonna end the episode obviously okay. they lost obviously they had to bail mm. we all know this this is all where yep, they had to leave didn't go well for them yep, yep it did not but angron and all the world eaters post heresy will be something that I want to I want to talk about in the World Eaters episode. So I'm ending it at a bit of a cliffhanger. We're going to talk more about Karn next episode. We're going to talk more about Latara Sarin. Oh, yeah, we are. Shy, okay. get to work on that poster. Oh, All right. are we going to have another waifu poster that everybody can print out? And, and okay, never mind. I won't. What, what do you think of Agron, DK? I... It's it's a lot more complicated than I thought, right? Because like whenever someone says angry, I'm just like, oh, he's angry. There's a butcher nail that's making him more angry. Whatever, he's chaos. Cool, cool, cool. But like, man, what a fucked up life he had. Like pre spike, and then post spike, and then the emperor just totally fucking him over. Whew. I I do like Angron though, and he is. 
he is a lot more complex than than I I thought he was gonna be. I thought it was just gonna yeah. be an angry boy that enjoyed murder, and it is it is so much more complicated than that. It, it really it really is, and it it makes I think it might be the one Primark that makes me hate the Emperor the most. Yeah, because he, like he makes a good point. He he could have teleported his fucking custodians down there and helped them. Mm-hmm. He could have done. He could have teleported them all up. He could. He could have done so much, and he just chose against it. Yeah, there it was so have, many it things done, he could have done to stop this and just make Angron like him. He like. Yes, that's the thing. Is you know, there's an old quote. I forget what. I think it was from House of Cards, the the TV show with Kevin Spacey, which mm-hmm. isn't which isn't great for me to quote Kevin Spacey anymore. But no, the quote was good. <laughs> and he was making like a call to some guy and, and his his quote was like it's an inconvenience for me but means the world to him yep and i'm just like like emps you could have sent down a couple custodies even just yourself and you would have fought for maybe a day at max max not even that probably for for emps he probably wouldn't even taken him a day and and you would have had the full support of your son and yeah. this all would have maybe not happened but you just you couldn't be fucked to do it you nope. couldn't be fucking bothered you know so, as much and that's as the much, story of the ems with most of most of his uh kids turning to chaos is like you could have stopped that you know like if you weren't such a petulant man child you could have stopped that right it's at the honestly it's honestly something that i find myself enjoying the chaos primarchs more because I think their stories are always generally tragic or sad oh, yeah. or have depth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's just so much, that's so interesting. Yep. Um, I mean, Gilliman's story is good because of his resurrection, yeah. uh, as opposed to his actual story story. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, I, I need to read up on Dorn and stuff and more, but the other ones <laughs> reading, don't feel. Reading with Dorn? Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, read, yeah I forgot. He's illiterate. You're right. I forgot. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, all right, now I'll take us home. Now you can take us home. All right, thank you everyone for watching this episode. That's ridiculous. My name's been Bricky. You can find me Bricky everywhere. Also, we might have a new merch ready for next week. A, a brand new merch. Let's go, brother. Ooh, let's go, let's go, brother. brother. DK, where can they find you, brother? Oh, yeah. DK Diamantes everywhere. Uh, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. We don't talk about Instagram because... Frazzle, frazzle. Yeah, DK Diamantes everywhere. And you can find Shy at Quite Shy, Quite Shallow. It's about what she feels like. We'll see you next week for more World Eaters and for Tungsten Ovaries, Latara Serene. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>